Welcome to Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearms instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% discount on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. Those are the letters FTP and the number 10. This episode is also brought to you by Barrel Block. Listen, if you are tuning into this podcast, I assume you've heard of Barrel Block. It's the industry standard for safe, dry fire practice and classroom demos with a real firearm. Barrel Block prevents negligent discharges and eliminates training scars. I love using Barrel Block with students because it's safe and puts everyone at ease. When installed, and remember, no tools or disassembly required to use it, everyone in the room or on the firing line can see that the firearm is safe and inert. Plus, given the price, I can't imagine a firearm instructor who wouldn't have one in their classroom gear and one at home for personal dry fire use. Pick yours up today and enjoy a special offer for listeners of this podcast at blocksafety.com and use code INSTRUCTOR20 for a 20% off discount. That's B-L-O-K safety.com. Today we'll be discussing instructing women and opportunities for them in the shooting industry with Laura Evans and George Harris. George Harris has spent his entire adult working career in the field of firearms. For over 40 years, he has been a leading educator and trainer in various facets of small arms and their many uses. His simplistic approach to firearms education training has an unarguable track record in extracting exemplary performance from his students. George co-founded the SIG Arms Academy and was instrumental in leading it to become an international recognized and highly sought after training institution for armed professionals and responsible citizens. He retired as director of the SIG Sauer Academy with over 21 years of service. George has served as the subject matter expert involving firearms and related matters on television, radio, and legal proceedings. Currently, George is the president and CEO of International Firearms Consultant, LLC, where he and his team of highly qualified individuals serve the firearm community as subject matter experts involving firearms, associated equipment, firearms training, and many other related matters associated with the firearm industry. Among his personal accomplishments, George earned the coveted U.S. Army Distinguished Badges for both service pistol and service rifle. He also coached and was a firing team member of the world champion U.S. Army Reserve International Combat Team before retiring with 40 years of continuous military service. Laura Evans runs Silver Bullet Marketing as a public relations and marketing consultant for the shooting, hunting, and outdoor industry. Her passion for the Second Amendment issues were born through the people she met in the industry because she did not grow up around guns. To her, the folks in our industry are special, and while other industries might be more lucrative, ours fosters a lifestyle she believes in. She supports as many women's organizations as possible as a way to encourage more women unfamiliar with the shooting world to take the leap and experience the empowerment that comes with education, training, and then confidence. She is also proud to represent women across the U.S. as one of the two New York delegates to the D.C. project. Welcome, George and Laura. How are things going for you today? Great, Rob. Thank you. Going great on this end. <laughs> We've got some storms rolling in here, so hopefully the, we'll be able to get through this podcast without any interruptions and such. 
uh, there might be a few instructors out there that are going along and after hearing that introduction or a topic today might be thinking, ah, this might not be a really important podcast to listen to, but here I'll, I'll preface this podcast is why I think it's such an important piece to talk about women in training and getting them into the shooting, shooting uh, community. One, they're the fastest growing segment in the shooting uh, industry. More women are taking up concealed carry, taking classes, doing things, and we as instructors need to know how to work with them. Not to mention, they're 50% of the population. There are mothers, our sisters, wives, and daughters. And anybody in our family would do what we could for them. And that's where we brought George and Laura on, on the show today to talk about it and give people an idea on how they can go along, be a better ambassador for the shooting sports to, the, to those women that have not been involved in it, and also go along and help the women that are in the shooting sports currently how can we raise them up and have them achieve more uh, by what we do and make them the best successful instructor as we can? So what are, what are some of the ideas, uh, Laura, since you didn't grow up with firearms in the house when you were younger, what are some of your ideas as far as, you know, what, what does it take to get those women that aren't experienced firearms in their families when they grew up to get, be more involved in the firearm industry? So the, the comfort level is, is really important. And a lot of women will have maybe, let's say, gotten their concealed carry permit, but not necessarily any training, or they've not gotten their permit and want some training before they get it. Um, what I found in my personal experience was that, you know, through some of the um, local programs, you know, Women on Target and things like that, some of the other NRA instruct, instructor courses, was just how important it was for me to take those classes from a female instructor. Um, I had a couple of unfortunate experiences going into um, dealers to, you know, maybe take a look at some handguns that I thought I might be interested in and um, even some ranges that I went to, to, you know, get some range time. And I was victim of what you would call that, (laughs) that old fashioned mentality of, Oh, here, little lady, you know, let me give you a, a, a pocket-sized revolver. You're going to love this. You, you know, things and like that. pink on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely want, want pink. A stereotypical uh, type of response. Exactly, yeah. Um, what I found with women is um, the other women that I, that I participated with in the class, you're not as embarrassed to ask questions like, what's the difference between a revolver and a pistol? Um, Whereas if you had a male instructor, you, you just, you know, you, you kind of know better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just a comfort level that, uh, not that male instructors are judgmental because the good ones are not. Um, but because it's so new and some women um, are really terrified. I, I've been in classes with women who were, literally shaking. They were so afraid to, to pull the trigger the first time. Um, and, and I think there's, a, there's something comforting about having another woman there who has maybe experienced that herself or been around enough women who have that they understand it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had females and, and the classes that I've taught that have literally been shaking, just putting their hands on a blue gun. Yeah, you know, to go bang or anything else like that, but that's where, as instructors, 
we need to figure out how can we make those people successful? I mean, yeah, and I, I think some of it is, it's almost, this might sound strange, but almost a, a, a motherly instinct of being able to read someone's body language and, um, you know, is this person feel, you know, a, a sense of confidence or are they terrified? Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think, you know, some of the classes that I've been to that have been only women, the other women in the class say, I would only come to a class with a female instructor. Um, but then a little while later, after a few classes, they, they have enough confidence to go and participate in classes with, you know, with anyone, male or female. Yeah. Well, and, we, and we've got this simple physical part of it, too, to where how a man carries himself compared to how a woman carries themselves and where they're going to put a concealed firearm uh, weapons, different things like that. Yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah. yeah, it would be hard for me to talk to yeah a male instructor to ask him, should I try out a flashbang holster? You know, <laughs> can you can you help me adjust it real fast? Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I think that would get a lot of people um, <clears throat> in trouble <laughs> doing that in class and you know do that in an open. Yeah, definitely. But when you get to those advanced topics, you know we're all pressing that trigger we're all looking down the sites the same uh we've got a you know that's where they can start bringing classes together and making them more universal and because the women they're going to press the trigger just like like a man's going to press the trigger it's just okay where are they going to be drawing it from and making sure they realize the pros and cons to their method of doing things but they get the mechanics down properly and then hopefully also have the decision-making process down so they understand, you know, when can I draw? When can I go along and defend myself? At what point does that become a big one? Exactly. Uh, and getting those, uh, you said going to a female instructor is important to you. I think it's, it, that's a great segue into it, uh, to training counselors that might be listening to this uh, podcast is it's really inherent upon everybody to encourage those good female shooters to think about taking that step up to become an instructor or maybe even becoming a training counselor and helping to spread the word that way because you can be the best intentioned instructor but there's certain things that we just covered that being a female will be able to relate better to them that you'll get more you'll get people that wouldn't normally come to a man's class they'll come to a female's class and if they come to one class then they can go to two they can go to three and those are the things that are really really important for instructors people in the training uh, industry with firearms to really understand we need to get them more involved not just shooting getting the concealed carry license but bring them get them involved have them become an instructor i'd just certified an instructor back in February. She's a very good shooter, and she just didn't think she had what was in her to be a firearm instructor. And after talking to her for a while, she understood that she had what it took and to, had that desire to help other people. And you know, I, I'm really happy to say that I certified her because that allows her to go along and, and do more than what she could do before in Absolutely. helping people. I think there's something to be said for participating in that um that role where you are the person that gets to teach somebody something that's as fun as shooting and the first either the first time they pull the trigger or the first time they hit that target and just to see and experience that excitement with them uh it it, it it's 
it's priceless and you can't really can't put a price on that and for myself that's one of the things that i aspire to is to become proficient enough myself so that i can not just through the industry that i work in but through you know my hobby and my passion bring more women in but actually instruct them myself i'm not there yet but but that's that's kind of my plan you're working up to it and being yeah. in the industry and helping pull other women into it, it will uh it definitely help keep you moving in the right direction which is it's it's what it's all about yep absolutely uh, so one other thing that some people may or may not uh, realize is the united states concealed carry association is sponsoring a uh, scholarship and the scholarship is to go to any of their uh classes free of charge and it's named after george's late wife uh, linda harris and could you go along and give us give the instructors a little rundown on what what that what was behind the scholarship and what some of the qualifications are for it and how they can find more information out about it sure um the um scholarship fund was uh, set up in linda's name to uh, to carry on her passion and the the tradition that she'd been uh, working with um, oh four decades, uh, she started as a uh, a hunter safety instructor and and then worked her way through um, mentoring a lot of women, a lot of kids, a lot of men as far as that goes. And uh, she in fact was the first female firearms instructor at the Sig Academy. Uh, we. Um, uh, in the early 2000s, I was the uh, director of the academy, and, and um, we were given the permission, if you will, from higher headquarters to expand our customer base a little bit. And I knew that women uh, were a, an ideal group to get involved in uh, shooting sports and personal defense. Uh, a couple of reasons behind that is um, if... Uh, People will admit it. Women really run the uh, the show. They they hold the purse strings. Any uh, disposable income is done at the permission of the women. So if we uh, we guys get the women to uh, be sympathetic to our cause of buying guns and ammunition and that kind of stuff, uh, it makes it a whole lot easier to uh, to do that and uh, to get them involved with it. So we started teaching. Uh, women's only courses and that that went pretty good uh, I taught most of those at first and uh, Linda and I discussed it and we thought you know that perhaps a uh, having a competent woman to uh, to teach the course may be a little better way of getting the job done because of uh, the the commonality and women tend to be socializers if you will uh, much more than men so we ran a, a, a little test in the um, first couple of classes. What we did is I would come in and uh, introduce the class and uh, introduce Linda as the instructor. And then I would go out, out of the room, out of sight of all the, the students, and I would sit in a chair outside and just listen to how the class went. And... Um, the first time it was almost like when I walked out of the room, the atmosphere of the room changed. Uh, the language changed. They, everybody was more at ease and it was just absolutely amazing to me at 
how the removal of testosterone in a room filled full of estrogen was uh, uh, literally a plus in the learning end of things. Uh, the, uh, that, that told us, you know, we were on the right track. Now, uh, Linda was a uh, international class competitive shooter. She was a handgun hunter as well as a rifle and a bow hunter. She'd used a gun twice in the defense of her honor and a knife once. Um, I think I said she was a grandmother and of course, you know, we have kids and all that kind of good stuff too. So uh, on all levels of most everybody that came to her class, she related to in some way or another. So that commonality of, of what they were doing was, was very important. And that was something that helped to, to um, instill confidence in the, uh, the, the women in the class. What, what the kind other, of classes was, was Linda teaching at the SIG Academy, George? What type of classes? Yes. Um, it, basically, it was a, a 101 and 102 class. The 101 is basically an introduction to uh, firearms uh, in general, safety, uh, cleaning and maintenance. Um, we did a program, and uh, we still do it in the, the, the classes that we teach uh, in, in my business now, uh, inoculating the students from noise and uh, movement in the visual field. Uh, and this is something that most people, uh, most instructors don't do if they even know about it at all. And the, uh, the, the thing goes back to literally uh, natural responses to what a gun does when it discharges. And, uh, you know, the gun goes bang. Anytime we hear a loud noise, we move involuntarily and a number of other different things. Uh, if, the, if the gun moves involuntarily while we're trying to point it at the target, we generally move the muzzle off the target and we don't hit whatever it is that we intend to hit. Uh, you'll see a classic case in a lot of cases where you give a, or anybody, I, I will say women, but, you know, men could be the same way. You know, they shoot the gun for the first time and they put the first shot right through the middle of the target. It's just absolutely perfect. And then after that, they can't hit anything. And the reason being is because of the natural response to the, the noise of the gun, A, and the, the other response, it's, it's um, pre-programmed at birth, is to protect our vision. Our vision is our only means of finding safety, and therefore, uh, we, we protect our, our vision at all costs. Well, when we've got a handgun up in front of us and we pull the trigger, what does it do? It moves back towards your face. Okay, mm -hmm. so that invades your, your visual space, if you will, so it's natural to close your eyes when you pull the trigger. Well, if you close your eyes when you pull the trigger, you don't know whether the thing's pointing at the target or not. So that, that degrades marksmanship in itself. And um, we have a um, couple of little very simple drills that we do that um, uh, take about five minutes each. And that pretty well eliminates the fear of the gun right up front so that when we've got the ladies or anybody else, as far as that goes, uh, shooting, they can keep their eyes open and they don't worry about the gun coming back and uh, impaling itself in their forehead when they, they shoot it.
So by eliminating that fear, that's a real big deal. Now, Linda had a tremendous advantage in that she was a very slight woman. She was a runway model um, back in her early days, and she was still skinny and good looking till the day she died. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm talking about 105, 110 pounds. And uh, what she would do uh, is shoot. Uh, we use SIG pistols, you know, even after, after SIG, after we both retired. And she would take a 226 with nine millimeter ball ammo and she'd shoot it with two fingers, nothing but the index finger across the face of the trigger and the thumb behind the grip. And she'd shoot a bullet hole drill, which is um, basically um, take a blank piece of cardboard, shoot a hole in it. Um, and, and you do that at about 10, 12 feet. And uh, then you proceed to put the rest of the shots through the same hole. And Linda would shoot five shots through the same ragged hole at, uh, at that distance. And then uh, most of the time she'd just put the gun over in the left hand and continue to shoot the same, same hole. And the, the idea was to let all the women watch her shoot, not the target, but her watch the movement of the gun. And then after she did that demonstration, she would look at the gals and she'd say, look, I just did this with two fingers. You get to use 10. So you ought to be able to do better than what I just did. Of course, most people can't even shoot with two hands, you know, better than what Linda did with two fingers, but it was a psychological aspect of, I just shot this gun with two fingers and I'm not wearing it. And sometimes if I felt it was appropriate, I would add in, I'd say, look, ladies, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that Linda displaces less water in a bathtub than any of you do. So, you know, with her size and two fingers, it stands to reason that um, uh, you ought to be able to control this gun quite easily with both hands on the gun. That eliminated the, the, the fear right off the bat as far as the, the movement of the gun. The other part of it is, is we'd let the ladies listen to the gun. It's just a little special drill that we did that uh, isolated everything down to nothing but hearing. And uh, once they listened to what the gun sounded like, and once they saw that the movement of the gun at discharge was of no consequence to their uh, personal safety, it, it was never an issue after that. So, um, the, the commonality with, with Linda and all the women, I mean, there was a common thread somewhere, and the ability to, to show that this could be done by a very slight, small-statured woman uh, gave everybody a lot of confidence right off the bat, and confidence is the, the key thing there. And Linda had a way of, of talking people through uh, any little issues that they had. And um, the, uh, the other, other part of it that seemed to be a, a, a real big deal to a lot of the ladies is uh, I would generally show up, you know, to hang the targets or tote the ammunition or whatever. And I was referred to as the bullet boy. And um, <laughs> the, 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 the bottom line is, is I played uh, a, subservient role, but I was also there from a safety standpoint. 
And because I played that subservient role, I was able to come in and if a woman was having some trouble with grip or, or you know, she'd forgotten where she needed to point her muzzle or whatever, I could be that second set of very professional eyes on the line to help keep everything in the, in the correct direction. And, um, you know, by the, by the end of the day, I was basically accepted as, you know, just, you know, a, a, a another human. And, uh, you know, that's the way that went. But uh, Linda would also teach the ladies how to take the gun apart. Uh, Linda taught some armorer schools and, uh, you know, so she could teach maintaining, troubleshooting and repairing. As a matter of fact, she, uh, uh, we went to Switzerland and went through the armor school for the SIG 550 series rifles. And she was by far the best armorer, including me in the class of anybody in the class. She could take the gun apart faster and put it back together faster and function check it faster than anybody else. So she was mechanically proficient. But, um, the, uh, the ladies liked the, the aspect and I, I just was kind of blown away because, um, the women wanted to take the guns apart. They wanted to learn how to clean them. They wanted to learn how to lubricate them. They were very mechanically inclined as to uh, what they needed to do with these guns. And, and uh, we weren't going to implement a whole lot of that at first, but um, you know, we kind of let the ladies tell us what they wanted. And um, you know, that's, that's worked for the last, 18, 19 years. So I guess it's got a pretty good track record. Yeah. Listen to our, to our uh, students, it's a very important skill to have because most of the time they'll tell us if we're doing the right thing or if we're completely missing the mark when it comes to, uh, what we're teaching, how we're teaching it. Oh, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, it, it's important that, that, that there's two way communication all the time. Um, and you asked earlier about 101, 102, what kind of classes. And what we found was the basic class, the 101 class, uh, what we call females and firearms now, is um, basically an introduction to semi-automatic pistols and revolvers so that they know the difference between the two. Uh, they get to um, field strip, learn how to clean, lubricate, all the above. Um, nomenclature is important so that you can talk about, you know, the, the various aspects of, um, you know, like a revolver. It's a cylinder. It's not a little round thing that spins on a thingamabobber. Um, you know, very important with, with nomenclature. And they've got a nice manual to, uh, you know, take notes and to uh, compare what they're seeing, you know, real time in front of them in the, uh, in the book itself so they can, can uh, relate to that. Um, the basics of marksmanship, um, you know, we're, we're cramming a lot into an eight hour day and we don't get too wrapped around the axle about, um, your feet have got to be here and you got to do this and you got to do that. Um, uh, basically what we'll tell the, the, the ladies to do is, um, stand in a, uh, a comfortable position, point the gun at the target. And let, let's see what we're working with here. And one of the things that we learned to do is to let people use their own natural attributes simply because 
you know, none of us are all built the same way. Everybody's got different centers of gravity, different weight, on and on, different hand sizes, you know, on and on and on. And um, we uh, we basically had the uh, the the ladies point the gun uh, in, a, in a dry fire type condition um, at a wall. We've got something we call the wall drill that uh, we developed a long time ago. You can find Google wall drill. You can see all kinds of stuff on wall drill. Um, at any rate, that teaches the, uh, the individual to be able to hold the gun up in front of them and to manipulate the trigger. And of course, to achieve a, uh, a, a good grip so that when the trigger is manipulated, the muzzle isn't moving. Um, and one other thing that we do that's fairly unique is we fit the gun to the hand of the shooter. Um, very, very important that uh, the, uh, the grip circumference meet the palm size of the hand and the trigger reach meet the length of the index finger. Um, that's it's real that's, important to make sure, especially in beginning shooters. Oh yeah. That grip. Yeah. And we, we started that stuff back in the early days in the early nineties at, um, at SIG when we, when we developed a short trigger because we had folks that, you know, had to cock their hand around in order to be able to reach the trigger and all that kind of good stuff. And then we, uh, started to study biomechanics and anthropometrics and, and, um, basically we, we looked at combat skill development and, um, that kind of led us down the, the path of point shooting, which we won't talk about here, uh, unless you want to get into that. But, no. <laughs> uh, the, the idea is, is if the gun fits your hand properly, um, anywhere you can point your index finger, you can point the muzzle of the gun. And we, we call it the Hey, you theory, you know, it's like, Hey, you, and you point at somebody. Well, if the gun fits your hand properly, it's pointing exactly where your index finger. You don't, you don't have to think about it. it you know, Precisely. index fingers, you, you say, Hey, you, you don't have to sit there and aim your finger at somebody. It just naturally goes there. It, exactly. It's, it's really eye hand coordination is what it is. I mean, that's, that's a natural attribute that mm -hmm. all of us have. And, uh, you know, if you can look at it, you can point at it. And if your, you, your gun is pointing where your index finger would normally be pointing, you've already got the muzzle on the target. And really the only reason you need to use the sights is to refine the position of the muzzle on the target. And that, you know, that depends on time, distance, and a number of other things. Yep. Well, so, Hey, can we talk a little bit more about what the qualifications are for the Linda Harris scholarship? Right. Uh, the, the scholarship fund right now is, um, geared towards female firearms instructors. And, um, it, um, it is for ladies that may not be instructors already, but aspire to be, and they're already, um, uh, competent shooters and competent handlers and competent in safety. And they need to, um, literally get that, that certification and that ability to communicate everything that they know and can do to others. Um, and then of course, uh, it can be for, uh, instructors, uh, as well. The, um, uh, number of the applicants for this year's, uh, scholarship, uh, were NRA training and, uh, counselors or instructors or had some sort of instructor certification from somewhere. And um, 
the, the flexibility that we gave to that is the course that they could go to, uh, all expenses paid, would be commensurate with their uh, level of competence and capability. So if they weren't instructors already, we could um, put them in a basic course and, and get them certified as a uh, USCCA instructor, or if they already were instructor certified, then there were other levels of courses that we could uh, put them in to advance, uh, advance their skill level. Great. So, um, Basically, the, the entry, the, if you uh, go on the uscca.com website and hit training, um, that'll take you over to the um, entry portion of the Linda Harris Scholarship Fund. And it's, um, it's a pretty simple process. You uh, need to write um, a, a little blurb about why you think you're uh, capable to, to do this, not to exceed a thousand words. Um, two letters of um, recommendation from whoever you want doesn't really make any difference, and a uh, two-minute video that um, you set in front of a camera and tell us a little bit about yourself and why you would like to uh, be selected as uh, as the uh, instructor, uh, the the candidate that wins the. Uh, the scholarship. Um, this whole thing was put together fairly quickly, and um, you know, it it, it was a, a compilation of uh, the folks at USCCA, Kevin Mikulowski in particular, and, and uh, uh, Steve Fisher and Destry Jeter and Beth Alcazar all had uh, input, and a number of others, and I had. I wanted to do something and, uh, you know, I'm pretty embedded in that organization and these people are all friends of mine and they all have been to my house and they all knew Linda and they've all seen her capabilities and what she could do. So we felt that, uh, since she was so passionate about training women and, uh, bringing more women into the, the firearms community, that this was the least that we could do for her. So, well, it sounds really good. And, and which night of the expo are, is the, is the recipient going to be announced? I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that because okay. I don't know. Um, I, we, I know the expo is the 17th, 18th, 19th, but correct. I, don't, I don't recall seeing, uh, which night they were going to be announcing or where they were going to be announcing the, uh, the, the winner, uh, for that. It's probably going to be Saturday night, but I don't know that. Um, we, we just, um, for this year, we just made the selection, which will be announced at the show. And, um, uh, I, being one of the judges, it was one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do. I, I looked at each and every entrance, uh, information multiple times and, um, I, God, I just wanted to award every one of them. <laughs> they were all so good. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll be uh, interesting when uh, this podcast is uh, published, which will be after the expo. I'll make sure I include the uh, the information about whoever the award recipient is so that everybody can kind of see because – when you hear this, uh, would be a really good time to start promoting it out to those 
female that are aspiring to be an instructor or female instructors that want to get another step up because the deadline, uh, do you know what the deadline for the 2020 application is, George, or is that pleading the fifth also? I'm going to have to plead the fifth. Uh, we we actually want to try to improve the program and, and um, the major players and I uh, are going to get together at, um, at the expo and see what's uh, what we can do because um, just in this short period of time, we got a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. You know, we see how this this is going to grow and it needs to grow and how it can be very beneficial to USCCA and the shooting community in general. And, um, you know, I at this point in life, I'm dead committed to getting more women involved in shooting sports and personal defense. And, you know, the, the guys can fend for themselves. There are plenty of other people out there to take care of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, more women is the name of the game. Well, as I said, I mean – as much as I'm a guy and I've been in the industry now for about 20 years, I also have to realize that our mothers, sister, wives, and daughters are there and we want the best for them, which underscores my desire to get more of them in, involved because it's, uh, it will help everybody out. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, politically speaking, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's important as well. And uh, don't forget the grandmothers. The, the oldest student we had was 88 years old. There you go. And, uh, we had four generations. We had, um, um, you know, great grandmother, a grandmother, a daughter, uh, a mother, and, and a daughter. And uh, this 88 year old woman had never, ever fired a gun in her life. And I'm telling you what, I think she was the happiest person in the whole place. Oh, that's uh, really good. Pretty good shooter, too. Yeah. Well, we need to be wrapping up today. Uh, George, where can they find more information about you and about the Linda Harris Scholarship Act? Um, the Linda Harris Scholarship Fund is um, best described at the uscca.com website. Um, if um, anybody wants to find out more about me, I've got uh, the International Firearms Consultants, LLC, uh, website. It's ifcllc.us. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, I've got a George Harris as well as an International Firearms Consultants LLC page that I uh, uh, res- reserve strictly for training type things and uh, some of the stuff I'm doing in the industry. Um, I got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. So, you know, I understand. Uh, put post post what I'm doing on that. Sounds good, George. And Laura, where can people find more information about you if they if they want to contact you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Laura E S Z or on LinkedIn at Laura Evans. Great. That's uh that's really really great. And if people have uh, questions about the scholarship, they know where to find it on the USCCA website as well as reaching out to uh, George and Laura for more information. Well, that about wraps things up for today. If you enjoyed today's show, we got a few important requests to make. First, interact with us by following us on Instagram, Twitter, like us on Facebook. If you put comments out there, we are getting back to people and uh, giving them our thoughts. Send us an email at ftp at concealedcarry.com or leave us a review on iTunes. Go to Google Play or whatever podcast application you're using. Uh, 
Get notified on new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Check out our sponsor, Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and use discount code FTP10 to get 10% off. We are also new in the podcast and we want to give instructors and trainers the best information possible. So please go out and tell other people that you know about us. Um, encourage them to download, encourage them to listen to those episodes that have made a difference in your training to make themselves better and eventually our students the best possible. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor out there who dedicates the time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe and take somebody to the range. Thank you. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.